And who are we? That's one secret. We'll always tell. You know you love us. XOXO. Gossip Guys. Gossip Guys here. Your one and only podcast delving into the scandalous lives of Manhattan's elite. And, whew, um, this episode is not your normal gossip, guys. I even considered not saying that. And that's because it's just just Andy today with a, a special guest. I have Tamar from The Shipping Room. Hi. Hi, Tamar. Thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. And... I, I announced this, or we announced this, Aaron and I announced this on social, but for those of you who just follow the show on iTunes, might not know what's happening. So I just wanted to kind of briefly say, uh, give you guys an update. Uh, you may or may not have heard that Ed Westwick, Chuck Bass from Gossip Girl, has been accused of rape by three women. Uh, and that's been in the last couple of weeks, these have come out. And we, as a podcast, even though that admittedly is not important in the scheme of things. We, we just, we didn't know how to continue. We didn't want to continue doing the same thing. We had recorded several episodes before this hit and we just thought it'd be insensitive and disrespectful to release them. So we're, we're kind of pumping the brakes on those and figuring out our next step. And the, the step that we've taken, Aaron's taken a leave of absence. Uh, he, He's struggling with this just as much as I have, but he he recognizes that his kind of his sense of humor and, and and voice is maybe he doesn't want to come off as disrespectful, and I think he also is struggling with this maybe even more than me because he's you know Gossip Girl we're, we're here because of Aaron because this is the show this is one right. of his favorite shows, and and now he you know he's struggling with that I mean Chuck Bass was I don't want to say hero because that I mean these are characters but like he loved Chuck Bass and now uh, I, I mean I don't I mean I would argue it was kind of all on the screen and we're going to talk about that um, today uh, but but Aaron saying that he's with me every step of the way and I if there is a future of this podcast it, it will include Aaron he's not um, right of course so so that I think that's the update and 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 the first step beyond that is I wanted to have kind of, I was going to say special episode, but it's not, <laughs> there's nothing special about this, uh, except for that I have Tamar on, because when I thought we needed to talk about this issue, if we are going to move forward, or just if we're not, like, I think this is important to talk about. And when I was thinking about that, Tamar was the, the first person that came to mind, so. Oh my God, well, thank you. Yeah, you're, you are. I have to say, yeah. I, um, I find actually the the struggle about how to how to appreciate art after it's been tainted in this way, and we can talk about sort of how many people's names have now come out and and how how much content feels ruined. I actually though find having it be an actor versus a writer or a producer makes the struggle less intense for me because with, with Chuck Bass with Ed Westwick. The only thing he had his his hands on is his is his role, is his part in that show. Right. Everything else is sort of untainted by it. Whereas, like when you have the the creator of One Tree Hill, you know, who you now find out was was harassing and and maybe more, you know, all the women on set for the entirety of the show. It feels like that 
that gets infused into every piece of everything that you've known about the show. So those actually feel like two different things to me a little bit in terms of just how how I can continue or what I feel when I continue to to take in the content created by these people. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, a Louie is another example where obviously watching the show Louie or any of his movies, uh, it just, I, I don't think I can and, or, or want to. Um, whereas, yeah, I, but, you know, I guess we can talk about that now. It's just like, well, what's the show, Gossip Girl, specifically without, I mean, if we, if we would, were to talk about it, do we subtract Chuck from the equation I mean, do we just, because I mean, a lot of people still, I think, you know, would want to talk, like, hear us talk about Chuck and Blair, you know, because we're going to the end game here where they're obviously going to get together. I haven't seen the show, but come on, that's where we're going. Um, like, do we not talk about it or do we just like, you know what I mean? I, I mean, for me, because Chuck Bass is a fake character. I don't know that I feel necessarily like knowing that his portrayer has done some really terrible things. I don't know that that takes away from who the character is and, and what what I've always appreciated about him. Again, Ed Westwick didn't write the character. Ed Westwick didn't come up with, you know, any any of the things about, I mean, maybe some of the, you know, the, the ways that he chose to portray the character, but... But it's not his creation, really. It's true. Um, Although I... Somehow, I mean, I, you know what? That's not fair. That's not fair. It, in a lot of ways, Chuck Bass is his creation. Um, but... And, well, and I mean, he might have learned from Chuck Bass, you know? Yeah, you see... Okay. <laughs> so that is actually a line of thinking that I... I can't let myself go there. I feel like acting is a profession. These are people who are playing fake roles... Who, who, you know, this is this is their job, and I think lots of people play parts where they do things that are right. despicable and what they wouldn't do in real life. And I, I've heard a lot of conversations about this, about like, oh, look at the things that Chuck Bass did, and now as it turns out, like Ed West was not so different. But it all feels that just feels like it's like a conversation that's going nowhere to me. Uh, I mean. You, you're probably not wrong. Uh, I, I watched the, I watched the relevant bits of the pilot before recording, and I mean, it really just kind of felt like what the stories we've heard from the, uh, you know, the three actresses. Like, and and I guess for me, it just felt like it was all just kind of right there. And I'm not saying that he learned from the character or they, you know, they're like, oh, you know, we know Ed Westwick's a horrible person. Let's write to that. Or whatever it is, but it just what astounded me was basically this character, and, and we've we talked about it, like me and you have talked about it, and Aaron and I have talked about it several times, like the idea that you know Chuck was like tried to rape Jenny in the pilot, and then he went right. on to become the fan favorite and one half of you know one of the, you know the all time favorite chips, and I feel right. like well that's yeah. much bigger conversation to me yeah than the specifics of Ed Westwood. You know, like, and we, I think we've talked about this either when I've been on this show before or when you were on our show before. You know, in general, I think the question becomes how does Hollywood portray rape scenes and how do they forgive rapists when they write these characters? And 
what does that say about this, the culture that we've created at large in, in this country? And I think, I think the cross-section of sort of all those questions with the, the revelations of these allegations against Ed Westrick is sort of the most interesting piece because it's like, oh, well, what, what the show taught us is that, like, you can have redemption pretty easily, is that people are going to look past that behavior. And this is, and when we talk about that, we're not just talking about allegations that people heard. We're talking about we all watched it happen in the pilot. We all witnessed it. We know it happened. And still people were fairly willing to forgive Chuck and move past it. What? And there's always been, there's always been that vocal group of women who, you know, who I know we've talked about them on, on our show. We've been contacted by people when we've talked about Chuck and Blair who have said, we can never get on board with Chuck and anybody because we know that he did this to Jenny and, and it's never dealt with really. And he's never really, you know, had to reckon with, with his actions. And so they're not willing to jump on board the, the Chuck and Blair train because they think Chuck is a terrible person. But that is not the most common narrative when it comes to basketball. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm willing to move past it. And I think that is a really interesting question when we look at the reality of the way men in Hollywood have clearly been treating women all the time. And are we really saying that it's okay and that we'll, we'll move past it, especially when we didn't witness it. We just have the words of these women and we have to decide if we're going to let that be enough. Yeah, I mean, God, there's so much, so much that that made me like maybe think about throughout that. And I mean, one one thing that I had kind of on this uh, on on the agenda was kind of this this idea of, I mean, it's just this very like this innocent until proven guilty that we talk about in our country versus obviously wanting to be on the side of these victims. I mean, because like depending on who it is, I catch myself like wanting to believe something or not. Like when I heard about Jeffrey Tambor, I just like I. I was like, what? Like how? No, like, or, or, or George Takei, which I, I don't like either. I don't know if that one, I think it was just one model accused. And again, I'm like already making excuses in how I'm describing it. Whereas right. it, it seems like, you know, with Louis or, or Ed Westwick, or, I mean, obviously Harvey Weinstein or some, you know, Brett Ratner, it, it frankly didn't, it doesn't surprise me or, you know, you know, or I just, you know, you kind of know. But like, wh- how do I, how do we reconcile that? Like, cause we obviously don't want to lose that innocent until proven guilty, but that has almost been used as a weapon to take the power away from victims. Well, what I like to remind people about innocent until proven guilty is that that's a standard that's reserved for the court of law. You, a jury can't convict somebody until they've been proven guilty. They walk into court with that presumption of innocence on them. I, as like a citizen of this country, as just a person walking around, there's no obligation on me to believe that somebody's innocent until they're, they're proven guilty. Right, the court I, of not, public opinion. Not, that onus is not on me. And so my instinct is to believe women. I think, Absolutely. I think also you have to realize that, that coming forward about something like this, especially you know, when you're you're the first person to talk about it, about someone specific, about someone famous, about someone with power, there's very little to be gained. There's, there, you know, people drag you through the mud, people call you names, people suggest that you're at fault for whatever victimization you've, you've experienced. Um, it's a really, really unpleasant experience. And so I, I tend to trust the fact that no woman would put 
herself in that position if she didn't feel there was a, a necessity in doing so. Um, Absolutely. That said, I I do think the potential downside of this, of these floodgates that have been opened with the Harvey Weinstein scandal and what's, what's followed is that for the first time, maybe ever, the, the environment into which women can share these stories is receptive, which we've never been before. And I do wonder if that, if the downside is that there will be women who feel encouraged to use this time in, you know, this collective time to, to seek vengeance on somebody because we're all being so receptive to these stories. And it's such a time for you to be able to come forward with a story and to be believed. And I do, there is a piece of me that worries that there is, there is somebody out there who will take advantage of this, of this situation right now where people are listening and use that in a way that is counterproductive. I hope it's not. And my inclination is still to believe women, but I do worry about that. I, I, I've had the exact same thought process. I mean, kind of the pendulum has swung in the other direction, but there is that potential now to use it for ill, you know? I, I, I mean, there's so many different situations where that could happen. But, I mean, it's just another reminder of, like, the difficulty of believing what, you know, we hear and read about everywhere. Um, you know, I was... I went to an opera actually recently. It was a revival of War of the Worlds based on the radio drama by Orson Welles back in, you know, the 30s. And that was, you know, the whole point of that was Orson Welles saying, don't believe everything you hear on the radio. Because at that point, everything on the radio was held as sacrosanct. uh, sacrosanct. And now it's kind of like that on the Internet or everything. And there's, you know, I don't want to say the words fake news because it's just become this awful catch all. Um, But like. I mean, they're uh, just a reminder that uh, right right now, I think information really is almost the biggest weapon that people are using it as and, and, and kind of weaponizing the truth or versions of the truth or creating their own truth for their own self-interest. And it, I mean, it's just, it's scary. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I also think, you know, there's a difference between... for a piece in the New York Times versus one person posting their story on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing is, the thing I that seems important to me to stress is that I think women who have a story to tell, who feel like they've been victimized, should always have the right and feel free to come forward and share those stories. But I think as far as the public is concerned, we need to be more discerning about how we respond. And not every allegation is the same. And not every allegation needs to be responded to with the same sort of consequence. And yes, Harvey Weinstein needed to lose his company. Harvey Weinstein needed to have his hands pulled from any project that he was involved in. Brett Ratner also. Um, but I don't know if that's true of every single story that's come, that's come to light. I don't know if every person who's done anything against a woman ever needs to needs to feel the full wrath of their job and their community. Yeah, there's a... And I'm not saying that they don't. I'm just saying that I don't know. And I I 
do appreciate the swiftness with which some of these consequences have come because I think that the key here is that there are so many women whose stories never got told or who's, you know, who never got to, got to get the, the role of their lifetime and, and who were, whose careers were derailed because of these men. And so there is some justice in, in the idea that, that the truth coming to light would then derail careers of these men. At the same time, I think we have to be careful about, about how, we, how we respond to each and every allegation. Yeah, and I, for me, and I've had the same kind of thing. I mean, there's there's obviously degrees of these violations and these crimes, and, and, and I, th- I feel like for me, it's almost like someone making a mistake is one thing, versus someone who like clearly is you know creating this culture or the, is a predator that like it's a repeated pattern or it is a part of their and I and we all make mistakes, and I think that's also kind of why. I mean, a lot of men are afraid to talk about this. Why? Why? Because I think, I mean, men are, we're all culpable in this conversation. We've all done something we regret. And I'm not saying that means assault, obviously. I'm just saying we've, and it's, and it's hard because, and it does create this sort of, I mean, because men are also cowards and it also creates this fear of like, well, if if I speak up, then that's creating a target of someone looking in my past and I'm sure finding something that, um, you know, I did that was a mistake. But I I also think that, that as women, we need to be honest and fair about how these experiences actually went down. And, and in a lot of cases, what I think is that we've sort of all been conditioned to, to, accept a certain amount of, of sexual innuendo and, and discourse that maybe is not appropriate for the workplace or for, you know, anywhere really outside of an intimate relationship. But we've all sort of just been conditioned to that it's part of life and that, you know, sometimes people make, like, inappropriate gestures or say inappropriate things, and we laugh them off. And the thing is, what I wonder is, if somebody made an inappropriate, you know, did something inappropriate to you, right? Yeah. And you felt uncomfortable... If, if, as a woman, you said to that person who was a coworker or a friend, "Hey, listen, just FYI, I got really uncomfortable when you do that, and I just, I just need you to know that," would that person have said, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was totally kidding. I absolutely see how that would be, and I won't do it again." I don't know, but we don't often do that, and so my my concern is just that, in light of all these stories coming out, people are now going back and and finding these stories at a time where they legitimately felt uncomfortable, but where the experience was sort of had like both parties as just something that they thought was funny and where the man honestly didn't have recognized that what he did made, made the woman uncomfortable because she didn't let it on and because it wasn't, it wasn't masturbating in front of her, you know, it was something that, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of gray areas in, in life. And I think, I think, I'm worried that some of those gray areas are being called out and, and that we as women are being slightly dishonest about what we've been willing to, to, to accept. And I, and I don't mean to say that the power dynamic isn't real and that sometimes we feel unable to speak out when we want to. I just am worried that certain stories are now going to be shared in this very accusatory way 
And I honestly believe that these men are shocked. Are like, I thought we were just kidding around. I can see now how you would have been offended, but I wish you just would have told me that instead of posting it on Twitter and like dragging my name through the mud. Tomorrow, you're Does the best. Yeah, no, you're the best. Uh, and and no, absolutely. And I think I think maybe it's 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 hopefully there's some good that comes out of all of this. And that, you know, then we can start having these conversations that that power dynamic starts to shift. And, you know, it's more, I mean, one would hope because I I know what you mean. Because, yeah, if you make a joke and and it's laughed off, the man, even though he clearly did something wrong, he doesn't necessarily know that he did um, because he's been conditioned his entire life to be able to make lewd jokes. Um, And I, you know, and I've definitely been in that situation with you know, other men in the room or, you know, it's that kind of thing, or even in a group setting where everyone else is laughing and you're just kind of like, did they, this isn't funny, but instead of, instead of saying like, guys, that's not funny. You just kind of either laugh it off or ignore it or do a fake laugh. And I, I've had to do that plenty of times since I've moved to Hollywood. Right. And my point is just what I, you know, what I hope is also happening or what I would like to see also happening is women making phone calls or sending private emails right now to men in their lives and saying, listen, I don't know if you remember this, but three years ago we were standing in the coffee room, you know, at the office, and you said S, Y, and Z to me, and it made me really uncomfortable, and I should have said something at the time, and I didn't, but I want you to know, as, as we're, you know, this conversation is becoming more and more common, I want you to know that made me uncomfortable, and comments like that often make women uncomfortable, and I thought you should be aware of it. But instead, it feels like we're now airing every piece of dirty laundry in its really public way on social media and calling people out. And I don't know that I think that every man in a position of power or a position of you know success in Hollywood or politics or whatever it is needs to be dragged through the mud like that for every bad joke, for every misjudged moment. And I just, I, I don't want, I don't want now as women, it feels like the, the power has a little bit been given to us, and I just don't want to wield it irresponsibly and, and, and actually end up diluting the significance of what we learned with Harvey Weinstein and Brett Ratner and, and, and Louis C.K., honestly. Yeah, like, I mean, there's a, there's a whiff of, and I'm not saying anyone has done this, but in a way, now that, you know, the power kind of dynamic of the accuser, they, like they have the power in this, it almost could feel like someone who's coming forward wants that attention and, and kind of like the, the reality TV way that we've now like, or, or there's something, you know, that kind of moment or, or, I mean, and there's something you want to have that kind of solidarity with other people when you come forward. If, and, and obviously that is important in, in most of these scenarios, obviously, but if it's something that's a very small infraction, like you mentioned, it might just be kind of a cry for help or just wanting attention or just wanting to be, uh, I don't know, con- uh, uh, applauded for being brave when, like you said, it maybe wasn't, it was something that probably would have been best done in private. I don't know if that makes sense. Right, and I, and I just think also when we're seeing the consequences that a lot of these men are suffering when, when these revelations are made publicly, I think we have to ask if, if, if every single case is worthy of, of those kinds of consequences. And I, I, don't, I don't want this conversation to be vengeful. You know, it, I don't right. want it, it to be Right, it shouldn't be eye like, for I'm eye. Gonna bring that guy, I'm going to bring that guy down. 
you know what, six years ago, we were having a conversation, and he made a joke about my breast, and I was uncomfortable, and if I share that story right now, I bet you I can get him at least, like, suspended. And I, and I don't, and I don't mean to suggest that whatever the woman was feeling in that conversation was, was awful, and was, you know, belittling, and diminishing, and and, uh, you know, made the environment unsafe and all of those things. I just think that the culture being what it was and, and what it has been up until, honestly, right now, not every offense requires public shaming. And I think there's a lot more good we can do by having these conversations in private and saying, hey, you know, you might not know this, but, but this this incident that happened made me feel this way, and I think you should know that. And I think that goes a lot farther than publicly trying to shame somebody who who made a mistake, who made an error in judgment. And I think what you said before about pattern of behavior is also really important, because part of what makes the Harvey Weinsteins and the Brett Ratners so problematic is this understanding that this is decades and decades of the same problematic behavior over and over and over again. Uh. Absolutely, um, I feel like I had so many things, and now it's <laughs> now it's all, all all flown away. But I mean, but like what you said in terms of that, we need to have these conversations. That does kind of, I mean, it brings us to the the fact that you know, with this podcast, in terms of, and I, I know again, it's not, it, it's silly to me to to like even be like, well, let's talk about my podcast. Um, no, I think I think it's an interesting question in terms of just how we go, how we move forward in general. And, and in the scheme of life, the podcast may seem small, but, but it is, it's, it's about how you're putting, you know, how you're responding to all this and what you're putting back in, into the world. But I actually think if you want my opinion, I would love your opinion that continuing to do the podcast gives you an opportunity to reflect on what the show was, what values the show was, was, was putting out there, what messages the show, the show had, and, and how all of those things, you know, can be, can be viewed within the lens of everything that's gone on now. Ab- and I think that's where I want to go, for sure. And because and, and I, was, I was talking about this with my girlfriend about, you know, are we the ones, or like, am I, you know, should we be talking about this? And she said, yes. She said, that, you know, it, it's often women speaking out and that men need to also join in. And also we have this Absolutely. podcast. We're talking yeah. about, mm-hmm. we're talking about Gossip Girl. We're the, we like her or not, I guess, are the gossip guys right now. And I feel like that, that for me, I feel a sense of responsibility and also a little bit of culpability because in the pilot, I watched the pilot and I, and going into the first episode of this podcast, I was like, I don't know if I can do this show. Like, Chuck, because I knew Chuck was a fan favorite. I'm like, Chuck's a rapist. Like, what, what, what are we doing? And I, for right. the show, I kind of had to forgive it. But I mean, I brought it up and we bring it up continuously. But like, I just feel part of the people that have brushed this aside. And this is something that we can't brush aside. And that's why I think we had to stop as is without reflecting because this can't be ignored. And watching the the pilot again, I mean it just kind of is a commentary on this entire situation, this entire industry. Uh, I mean, it made me very angry and upset. And, and, and just the, the idea that Chuck is a fan favorite and Jenny becomes the most hated character on the show 
when she was, you know, sexually assaulted at 14. Um, I, I mean, there's just so many, like, it's, it's like, it just feels like all these scenarios where everyone's like, everyone knew there's all these warning signs. Like in the episode, Serena's like, if it's Chuck, it's not okay. And then the minions are like, when Chuck is going over to Jenny, she says, he, she, they refer to her as another victim. And, and what does Gossip Girl have to say? I love parties. And, 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 this, and he even tries to like molest Serena and, 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 and she had to kick him in the groin like to stop because he, like, he treats things as, he, he says he's entitled to tap that ass. He, he says on the bus with Nate, the first thing he ever By says the way, about, yeah. Basically what our president was recorded saying. Absolutely. If you want to like add that context. Oh, I would love to add that context. Well, I mean, well, I think, and that's the, I mean, uh, brief sidebar that maybe becomes way bigger in the future of this show is that this is a show that celebrates the man, the scandalous lives of Manhattan's elite. These, you know, these people that like glitz and glamour of wealthy assholes. And that's who we have in, in the White House. And I mean, right. the, the Jared Kushner and, and Ivanka are like, have been on this show. Uh, and we right. kind of, I mean, Aaron and I have had, you know, conversations about that and, and wanting and, and wanting to maybe separate those two things because we didn't want everything to be about politics or about that. But I think for me, we can't ignore it anymore. And it is. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Again. But I mean, I also think I said this. We, we talked about this on our show and the episode that's coming up actually like this week. Um, but I think that Trump being in the White House has a lot to do with why the ground was still fertile for this story. Yeah. For, for this to come, because I think the liberals and progressives are, were feeling so defeated that they just decided this was it. They were going to take down, you know, they couldn't take down the pussy-grabbing, powerful man who managed to wind himself in the White House, but, like, they're taking down somebody. And, you know, I think that's how people just decided they were fed up with Harvey Weinstein getting to be successful and and getting to run this empire. So, uh, I don't know. I think it's really important for you guys to keep having this conversation. I think, you know, yeah, I think it's a, a roadmap. I think if you look at the way that we forgave Chuck Bass and your point about Jenny becoming the most hated character on the show is also appreciate. Um, I think if you, you know, pay attention to that, I think there's a lot to reflect on in terms of where we go from here and, and how we you know, do we allow these people to have redemption? Uh, you know, I think Harvey Weinstein is probably done, but like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, but I'm not sure about Louie. I'm really not. And, you know, I think, I think he has an opportunity. I think people will be receptive to him, you know, starting to do comedy shows again in two well, years. And it's like and, Woody Allen, right? Like, or, or Roman Polanski. It's like, they are such great artists that, if I mean, and, well, and I don't, they've never actually kind of addressed what, you know, they've been, that, what they've done. But if, if Louie was willing to kind of go on that journey of like knowing, re, you know, kind of what the, oh, I, you know, dealing with why he was basically this, this predator and dealing with that in his art. I mean, that, that, I don't know what that necessarily means, but I think that's the only way for me that I would be willing, like, because because I, I think that is important for whether he deserves a shot or not. It's important for people to try and figure out what's wrong with them or, or to try and change or try to be better. Because I, I refuse to believe 
that we all are stuck with, you know, how we're born or, or, you know, I'm a bad person. Well, great. That gives me license to be a bad person. Right. Right. Well, I mean, look, what I'm hoping for more than whatever consequences these super powerful men suffer, I'm, I'm hoping for the trickle down. I'm hoping that just the random dudes in the office, like are paying attention and that people just across the board become more careful about the way they interact with women. And, and that, you know, it's now clear that you can't get away with this bullshit and that women are finding their voices. And, and I hope that when a man does act inappropriately, there's three other men there and say, like, dude, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. I hope that becomes, like, more and more and more of the, of the norm. I, I, I agree with you 100%. And, and I think kind of just what this pilot and this revisiting the show and kind of going forward, I think what it made me think of is kind of the danger of escape, escapism, the, the desire to, you know, shut off our brains for, you know, various forms of media and, and that that can have kind of dire consequences. I mean, if we forgive things in art, we might be conditioned to forgive give them in life. And oftentimes, as we've talked about, the, th- the things in art are made by white males. And, and, and so the viewpoint that we're watching isn't a healthy one or, or the, you know, not that there's a right or wrong, but it, it's not it's not the whole picture. And, and just I don't know, look at what the reality TV, you know, and, 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 you know, that kind of the escapism of Apprentice, you know, led us to where we are. It, not that there are so many other factors to it, but that didn't help. <laughs> Um, and, and so like Gossip Girl, I think is seen as kind of, you know, the trashy show that, you know, just love to binge watch. And I, I've been, I mean, I think my role has always been to kind of bounce back against that. Um, but you know, if the show goes on, it's going to, I think it's going to be just about that really. And, and seeing it through that lens. Um, Tamar, did you have anything? else to say are you no I mean I think you're I think this is an important conversation to keep having I think you guys are in a unique position to to get to explore the art within the context of who this person was in real life and 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 who this person was on screen and how how we forgave the character and are people going to be as willing to forgive the real man and and I don't know maybe you're right maybe maybe at Westwick experience so, you know, being checked out day in and day out and, and this, you know, it got into his head that you can behave badly and be forgiven and, and there is redemption and nobody cares as long as you're powerful enough or rich enough, which again is exactly what Trump told Billy Bush. So, I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. I think you guys are in a unique position to, to, to shed some light and to continue to have the conversation. Look, this shit's happening and I don't, and I don't think, you know, not, discussing it helps anybody and, and I don't know I mean I haven't been able to watch the Cosby show in a few years and it bums me out because I love the Cosby show yeah and but I think about this all the time like part of it is that this man that I know was a horrible man was the the full was the brain bum in the whole operation it's all his comedy his hampers are all over it um and so I don't feel like that exactly about Gossip Girl. But, but it is a challenging question. And, and also, you know, just like from a you know, psychological perspective, like 
just coming to terms with the fact that bad people can also be brilliant is is just a difficult thing to sort of come to terms with. There's like a lot of cognitive dissonance. Like we like to think that our that our heroes are wonderful people, and often they're not. And I don't know. I think that's probably true of a lot of things, and a lot of. I mean, you know, I I don't know how we reckon that, and I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean... The, I, don't, I don't have answers. Well, yeah, and it's like the Cosby show, I, I think if you... I mean, it's. I feel like it's impossible to watch it without, you know, that in mind. But, you know, there were and are great lessons and great moments of family and love in that show. And, and many things that these, you know, these bad people create that I feel like shouldn't... Uh, whether he created it or not, like, it's still a good lesson, right? I mean, that, or, or, you know, it showed, you know, a black family, you know, and in a very, it was very important. Uh, and that necessarily shouldn't be lost, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So as far as your show goes, I think there's only benefits. I don't, I don't think that you're sugarcoating the situation by continuing to do the show. And I don't think you're benefiting from someone's bad behavior by, consi- by continuing to do it. Um, I just wonder how many people, you know, 13 to 20 want to want this podcast rather than the, you know, the one that we've had for four seasons. I mean, you can always ask them. Yeah. Well, maybe people will let you know what they want. But, but. Well, and actually that we would love that. Sorry. I didn't mean to. I just, I would love any and all like comments, concerns, questions, input on this because I I want it to be the most open podcast going forward. I think that's great, and I think we're all struggling, and we'll continue to struggle with, you know, I mean, Better Things is one of the best shows on television right now, and and the Pamela Avalon character is one of the best portrayals of motherhood that I've ever seen on television, and I love it, and and she's been, the second season has been all her, she's been writing, directing, she's been doing all of it, yeah. but, it but they created it together, you know, she and Louis C.K. created it together, and that sucks. That sucks. You know, it's and it's crazy to me to think that somebody who could have their fingers so precisely on the pulse of what it's like to be a single mom and to understand the struggle that a woman's going through could also degrade women to such a degree that he would whip out his penis massively in front of women who aren't consenting to that behavior. Um, and so, like, it's all very troubling and it's all very confusing. And I don't, you know, I don't have any answers for, like, how we're supposed to accept it all and what we're supposed to do with it. Uh, well, but I think... I definitely think that talking about it and continuing to kind of try and figure it out is, is a good thing. Absolutely. And I think it goes back to kind of what you said, where it shouldn't, it shouldn't be an eye for an eye situation. It shouldn't be, let's fight back uh, with violence or, or revenge. And, and I think that's, you know, that's kind of what our country has been for a long time, and that's where we are right now. And, and I mean, the only response yeah, and is, I, is honesty and, and love. Think that we have to be careful. I think we also have to be careful to, for our responses to be based on the facts of the case of what's actually happening and not our own personal connections to, to who's being accused or what the allegations are. You know, I think yeah. when, when news came out of Al, about Al Franken, I think, you know, it, it's important that, that the response isn't just, oh, well, he's one of us, so we're going to defend him. Now, it happens to be that 
the allegations against him are not the same as the allegations against Roy Moore, and they shouldn't be treated as if they're the same. But they should be taken seriously and should be addressed. And and that's important. But we live in such a polarized country that now if people don't respond to Al Franken the exact same way that they're responding to Roy Moore and calling for his resignation, then, then the narrative is going to be you know, Democrats let their own get away with shit. And I just think we have to be careful. I mean, Lena Dunham, did you read the Lena Dunham thing? I did, defending the the writer who has been accused of rape. to me, that was a really, really disappointing statement, right? A writer for her show was accused by, I believe, a guest star on the show. And she was 17. She was the daughter of Harold Perrineau, the guy from uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Romeo and Juliet and Lost, yeah. Oh, yeah, Mm mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she, she, I mean, she basically said that he, he raped her, I, I believe. I, I don't know necessarily the details, but yeah, Lena. And Lena and Jenny Conner, her production partner, stuff, released a statement saying, like, we know him, and he couldn't have done this, and there are, you know, 3% of women who do come forward aren't telling the truth, and it's unfortunate, but this is one of those cases. And that is, to me, an unacceptable statement to have released. At, at this time, and I think, I think that you know, e- either we we, it's hard to believe that the men in our lives could be less than what we think they are. But it's also important if we're going to say that we believe women's stories, that we believe women's stories, and that you know we allow for at least a little bit more um, possibility that we could be disappointed in people, and and. Like, I don't know what happens when someone you feel like you really well gets accused of something. But I think that I, I that statement really rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, I, don't, I don't really yeah. know. I don't know. Like, I just, it's, I think what's scary is that, like, this idea that somebody could treat you wonderfully and still also do something terrible with somebody else is crazy. And I, I also recognize that if a man is accused wrongly, that it would be so important to him that people would come to his defense. Um, so I don't have a good answer, but I do know that just based on everything that Lena Dunham has stood for all of this time, that statement felt like it was hanging out a woman to dry, and I, was, I wasn't I was on board with it. I, I, I agree, and, and I, I, I think that's a good way to kind of to, to end today. Um, yeah. Uh, thank well, you. Thank you for having me. I feel like this is one of those conversations that could go on forever. Um, it, it really could. Figuring it out. I think it's just going to be us figuring it out. But if I could go back to just the one thing that to me was oh, the sure. point is that I just hope that the the end, the result here is that we open the dialogue, like not necessarily in Hollywood, but just in general behind closed doors. I hope that we as women feel more empowered to tell men when we feel uncomfortable rather than sitting with it for 10 years and then feeling like we need to, to broadcast it. You know, I, I, I want us to just be able to have that dialogue and to tell men when they're making us uncomfortable so they can learn from it and we can all move on together. So I'm hopeful that we're heading in a direction where this behavior will just happen less. Let, yeah, let's do it. Let's, uh, let's move on together. Let's yeah. talk together. Uh, Tamar, where, you know, where can the people find you? I guess it's weird to have you so, plug, plug yourself, but you do it. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm always happy to continue these kinds of conversations. I'm on Twitter at writer, like W R I T E 
R T Q B writer T Q B, um, and then our podcast is Chipping Room Pod. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Um, we have about 110 episodes or so in our archive, and we are winding down the podcast. So our last few episodes are going to be coming out soon. Um, but I'm always excited to talk to people about that stuff too. The shipping, the shipping, and the fun part of TV. Um, the oh, yeah. fun part Thanks of TV, yes, exactly. Uh, you are you are so welcome, and, and thank you for being on again for uh, for helping helping me and us and the world with this conversation. And yeah, until next time, uh, <laughs> I guess we'll say XOXO, <laughs> gossip guys. <laughs> <laughs>